This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. What's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. This is the intro to this episode. Um, it's been a long fucking time because it's been a lot of shit going on. I had a, uh, a few friends pass away on me, and I've been kind of dealing with that, being out of town. Also, I've been in uh, New York and Philly. Uh, shout out to my girl Liquid for getting me to do the show in Harlem at the Shrine. Um, it was a great, 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 great experience. Um but yeah, so this is why it's been been taking kind of a while um, to get things started. This is being recorded on the 4th of July, and hopefully it'll be out on the 4th of July. So please, please, please check it out. Um, for all the people in Columbia, South Carolina, please get your tickets to the next loft session that we're going to be having. Uh, you can go to mobettersold.bigcartel.com and get the tickets if you're in the Columbia, South Carolina area. The event's going to be this Saturday. Um, I haven't been pushing the show pretty heavy because, you know, I've had people pass away and I feel kind of corny trying to ask people to buy tickets for shit, <laughs> you know, when you're not feeling your best. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get back on the weekly the weekly game of having these podcasts up and about. And, um, yeah, and so uh, check out the interview uh, that I have coming up next. Holla at your boy. Chill. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? This is the Negro Leap Podcast. We are back. We are sponsored by... Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter code NEGRO to save 10% on your next motherfucking order. It's been a while um, since I've been here. Uh, if you guys listen to this at the beginning, we'll probably, I'll probably give you guys a rundown on the hiatus. But we are back and we have a guest with us. Um, please tell the two listeners, <laughs> what's your name? Hi, I am Dr. Shari. Ah, and what kind of doctor? I'm a doctor, clinical psychology. So I'm a psychologist here in the Columbia area. Columbia, South Carolina, for the two listeners that are out of town, possibly. Um, so you're a real doctor. It's not like Dr. Dre or, or Dr. Pepper. You didn't no. say, fuck it, I'm just going to put a doctor in front of my name. No, I got the bills to, to show that I've got the skills. Shout out to <laughs> bills, word. And, um, you know, uh, since this, is a, this isn't a, a, a visual podcast, you are a black doctor. I am. And a black woman. Very much so. In the South, though. My whole life. Okay. So <laughs> do you think there's anything that uh, that you learn uniquely as being a black woman in the South in your field of work as opposed to living, you know, in fucking, <laughs> you know, uh, Topeka, <laughs> Kansas or something? Um, I think being a, a black woman here in the South, uh, one of the things that I've learned is to just take up space. Um, I think... Oftentimes, it's really hard to be able to go into a room and take up space as a doctor, as a woman, as a black woman in some of these rooms where I'm usually often the only one that looks like me. Mm -hmm. And so being able to take up space and being able to kind of claim space and make a space for me at all these tables and all these rooms. So, yeah. Okay. Question. Why don't black people go see psychologists? Yes. 
So I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, of course, there's like historical reasons when it comes to just medical care um, for black people, um, the healthy paranoia. And I think oftentimes we don't think of paranoia as being healthy, but just kind of the healthy paranoia that we often have around the medical field because of historical um, trauma that we've experienced. So mm-hmm. that plays a huge role in it, just the questioning of medical professionals. But I also think things like access to care, like oftentimes our healthcare system isn't as available to us as it is other populations. So different different people and different categories of people. So access is a reason. I think oftentimes there's a huge misconception about psychology. Um, oftentimes people think it's kind of this spooky, mysterious thing that happens behind closed closed doors. And so that misconception often keeps people away from going in and talking to a psychologist about everyday things. You don't have to necessarily be, quote unquote, sick to go into mm-hmm. a psychologist's office. How does how does the idea of, uh, I don't know, dealing with a a population of folks. My family is, is of this elk that going to see someone to talk about your feelings, like it's a sign of weakness. Yeah, yeah. And I think oftentimes, like in our communities, we say what happens in our house stays in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, go air out your dirty laundry to people. I um, mean, you definitely don't go air out your dirty laundry to white folks behind, behind those medical <laughs> exactly. offices, right? And so I think oftentimes my work is being able to, like, decrease those misconceptions. So being visible in the community, doing stuff like this with you where I can talk about um, what psychology actually is, what going to therapy actually looks like, um, bringing down some of those barriers and some of that mystery um, can often be helpful. So that's that's the work that I try to project into the community here. So where are you from again? I am from Louisiana, Shudrant, Louisiana. Shudrant, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Right, most people don't, <laughs> most people don't. <laughs> very, very small town in North Louisiana. So, yeah, I've been in Columbia for five, oh my gosh, it's been five years now. But I moved here, I lived in Minnesota for about seven years for graduate school, so came down here after that stint. So I'm wondering, um, is anybody in your family growing up before you even went into this profession, did anybody in your family that you can remember ever uh, spoke to anybody professionally? Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Like, no one in my family. And I think now it's so funny because now my family is, like, reaching out to me about, like, emotional problems. You know, they'll they'll call me and, let me me get your idea on this. What Mm -hmm. do you think about that? But... Before then, decent of an invoice, right? <laughs> you know, I should. You know, I should. Um, but before then, oftentimes, I think in my family specifically, like religion was the space where we got clarity on answers and support. And um, you what know, do you mean? Like God will provide a way. Like God to... will provide a way. Let's go pray about it. Have you talked to the deacon? Did you talk to the deaconess? You know, did you bring it to to Bible study? You know, those were the areas where we brought like a lot of our issues and problems um, if we decided to bring them outside of the home and actually talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this, this conception of we don't, we, not only do we not bring things outside of the home, but we don't really talk about it inside of the home either, you know? And so this, me kind of going into this field was the first time that I think myself, but also just my family at whole started to think about 
there are other ways of coping. There are other ways of healing and being able to just grow as individuals. Right. I mean, we were talking um, off air about the, you know, Gerard Carmichael specials on HBO. Yeah. Um, the first one was kind of a Mother's Day special. The next one that I haven't seen yet. But Amazing. but he talked about he talked about in an interview that there was a portion of it where his his family was basically talking to uh, a minister of a church. About like you know relationship issues and things like that, like pretty much the type of shit that you would probably go see, um, you know, a professional right. for. How do you feel about stuff like that? When when you, do you feel <laughs> that people of the cloth, you know, if they're brought with really really serious stuff, do you feel like it's doing a disservice to people to be you know someone that's not trained or qualified to have those discussions to be like, oh, let me give you. Uh, you know, a, a religious perspective as opposed yeah. to maybe I should suggest you go to somebody professionally because maybe that's frowned upon in the black church. I'm not sure. Right, but, right. but how do you feel about stuff like that when the preachers like, you know, <laughs> you know, dealing with these really, really deep, deep things that, yeah. you know, they might might be out of their depth? You know, I think I definitely don't necessarily think it's a disservice because, you know, everyone wants to heal in their own way. But I do think at some point it may be the responsibility of the clergy to say, like, this is outside of my wheelhouse yeah. and let me send you somewhere or let me, you know, refer you somewhere that they may be able to better deal with what you're going through. You know, um, it's kind of like if we were going to see our ear, nose and throat doctor and we're telling them about pains in our foot, exactly. you know, they're not yeah. going to be like, oh, well, let me dive in that, <laughs> yeah. you like, know. Yeah, you're about to do heart surgery. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's it's very important for clergy, for, you know, community members, um, life coaches, everyone that is a part of people's healing to take a seat and say, where is my line where I don't have the expertise? You know, even for me, like as a psychologist, I'm not well skilled in every area of human life, you know? And so mm -hmm. there are times where I will say, you know, that's outside of my wheelhouse. Let me send you to a specialist or let me, you know, refer you to someone who can better help you through that journey. Yeah. So, I'm wondering, you know, I know people that's been very, very visible, like Charlemagne the God lately has been talking about mm. mental health very publicly. Um, you know, I've been writing a lot about it as a journalist here. Yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think the shift came from that that black folks are now kind of open to talking about this and, and the stigma's being taken off? Is there like a, a one thing that you could see being kind of a turning point or is this kind of a gradual thing? That, that, that you saw happening when you got into this field? No, it, I think it, it definitely came as like a very recent turning point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I'm definitely like excited to see it opening up, to see the conversation and the dialogue being had. But I also think that to some extent, we're now seeing that talking about mental health, talking about wellness to our community can be profitable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that there are definitely spaces where that can be exploited. Um, I think it's a very thin line between exploitation and actually wanting to move the, the culture forward. Um, and so I, it's, it's one of those thin lines. It's, it's sometimes I'm like smiling when I hear celebrities talking about it. And sometimes yeah. I'm, sometimes, sometimes I'm grimacing, like, Ugh. Do you feel like that it's, it, it, sometimes it can be kind of a cop-out in a way with some celebrities? 
Like, oh, all I gotta say, you know, mental health. Oh, yeah, I'm good. You know, I think I think sometimes they don't necessarily go into like the work that happens in mental health. Like, I, I think sometimes they'll say, you know, I went to see a therapist and I'm, now I'm feeling good. <laughs> you know, well, like time, I'm yeah. healed. You yeah. know, and then people come in my office like, yo, so and so went to see their therapist and now they're healed. Like, I need you to wave that magic wand at me and get me out of this situation. And it's like, you know, we do a disservice when we don't talk about the amount of work that goes into therapy and self-healing and growth. Um, it's an everyday process. And so I have to do a lot of educating around, this is work. Like, I get the easy part. Like, I get you get to come see me for an hour, and we talk a little bit, but you have to live it. You know, you have yeah. to go out and do the work that comes along with growth. And I think sometimes celebrities aren't always open about talking about the work that they have to put in and how hard that can be. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think of, of mental care and, and, and speaking to a professional, it's kind of like stocks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like if you think you're going to get a quick flip, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work very well. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's supposed to be something that's kind of like ongoing and steady. Right. Um, I got a question for you. I'm wondering, cause What's you know, I'm, I'm an artist and I deal with a lot of, you know, artists and black artists where where they might not have the insurance to be able to speak to a professional mm-hmm. they might not have you know the ability to go see someone what things could someone do that might not have the ability to see someone like a you um yeah. to be able to help with self-care or anything like that like that you could probably suggest that might not cost any money that you could try yeah so i talk a lot about like um i call it bibliotherapy which is basically reading mm. different <laughs> different books from you know just different types of authors around like growth and self-help you know not necessarily the self-help books one you should do this two you yeah, should yeah. do that but just like for instance like Charlemagne the guy like some of his books talk a lot about his growth process in more detail than he does in most interviews and so like reading some some of those types of those types of authors and books can be helpful with you just kind of getting on the right path um, being reflective as you go throughout your day, right? So, you know, I talk a lot about journaling, but journaling doesn't necessarily have to look like sitting down, writing out like, dear diary with a pen and pencil, but like just being reflective, like looking at how you operate in the world and how your operation impacts other people, you know, and, and being able to be reflective about that and being able to take stock and say, is this how I want to continue moving throughout the world? And if not, what things can I do to change it? You know, our friend groups can be extremely helpful if we often um, reach out to them and talk about some of the things that we hold dear um, to ourselves and don't share with other people. Um, And so, like, being able to be reflective and being able to reach out to your community of support, whatever that looks like for you, um, those are some of the things, like, places where you could start, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, looking at areas where you feel like you are lacking, so areas of your life that you feel you need a recharge and being able to sit down and be really intentional about recharging in those areas. Yeah, I think the idea of, of depression is is so multifaceted because a lot of times we, when I think about depression or talk about it, it's always this self-diagnosis mm, thing, right? Where yeah. it's basically like, oh shit, I'm not happy. I'm oh shit, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but there's there's times when you realize that you're seeing someone is dealing with depression, but they might not have acknowledged it or they might yeah. not think they are. Um, 
what, what can you do in a situation like that that you would probably recommend where if you see someone is going through something, whether it's something that could be, you know, uh, helped by speaking to somebody, something that's, that, that could be medical. Yeah. Like, wh- what can someone do, as we say all the time, check on your strong friends. If yeah. we see, shit, my strong friend ain't doing too well, what can you do? I mean, I think just kind of that uh, that that constant checking. You know, I always say rule of thumb: check once and then check again. Like I always check twice because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you know friends will be like, "No, nah, I'm good." You know, I'm straight. I'm, I'm straight. straight. Yeah. You know, I'm dealing. You know, um, but being able to check again and then being able to give reason for why you're checking, not just like, "Oh, you know, you you ain't been hanging out no more," but like actual reason for why you want to check in on them. What are the things that you see? that has changed and being able to just kind of listen. That's a big part of being able to reach out. Oftentimes people don't want to talk to other people in their groups because they don't think people will understand and understanding comes from listening. Right. So, Mm. so being able to listen to really see what their experience is because we always have our own thoughts about what life should look like for somebody else from the outside looking in And so being able to say, you know, what are you really experiencing and being able to offer up spaces? You know, one of the things is being able to have your resources. So when you think that a friend is struggling with something, you go online and do the Google search because oftentimes they're not going to have like the the energy or the the Man, look. If you, you encourage know? if you encouraging us to look on WebMD, no. that's the scariest <laughs> shit. I'm gonna be thinking no. my friend is dying. <laughs> no, I'm saying like if you want to point your friend into like resources in your own community, like mm. going online and looking to see what those resources are. So you're not saying to your friend like yo, you know, you really need to get some help and there's things out there. But when they say, like, well, what, like what? I don't you, know, nigga. Right, you don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, so so doing your work ahead of time so that when you say there are resources out there, you can say, hey, this is a spot. Or, hey, this spot is open from this time to this time. You know, I'll go sit with you or I'll drive you there yeah. and sit in the parking lot, you know. Well, that, okay, I, that makes sense because, like, that extra step is very helpful because when you say there's resources out there, that's like telling somebody, you know, you can be whatever you want to be if you put your mind to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, what's the steps? Yeah, like, it's uh, <laughs> Chappelle had this great joke um, when he was talking about, you know, self-help shit. And he said he read the book, The Secret. And The Secret <laughs> was basically like, if you envision it, you can get it. And he's like, word, so you're going to go to Africa and tell these starving babies, look, the reason right. you're starving because you haven't envisioned a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? So, like... Even though I feel like there's a, even though I feel like there's validity to to, to believing in things yeah. and 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 pushing it through, yeah. I I think when people say that as an end all be all, I think it's kind of a cop out, you know. Like right. like George Carlin had a great joke about um about motivational speakers. He's basically like, if you go see a motivational speaker talk, you don't need them. Because mm. the idea is, if you're For that sure. motivated, you're motivated to go see that, to get you're motivated. You're right. straight. You're good. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and again, he probably comes from a generation where it's just like, put your head down. You know, get the lunch pail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep um, moving. Do you feel that even though that people are are really embracing the idea of hey, there's not a stigma or as much of a stigma as finding help? Do you feel like um, things are more sensitive than ever? Is that a good or bad thing? I mean, I think I, I think oftentimes when we start to say, well, oh, the stigma's gone, then that just kind of allows us to let up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't allow us to realize that there is still very real um, 
stigma and consequences to being able to to living with a mental illness, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so there is still a lot of work to do around just equality for for people who are experiencing mental illness um, and education around mental wellness and what that looks like just in general. And so, you know, I, I like the camp of saying, you know, the stigma is changing, but it's still there. You mm-hmm. know, it's still pretty present. Um, and, and with us talking about mental health. Um, even more and allowing people to feel more comfortable about talking about their own experiences with mental illness, it it does make it more sensitive. You know, it puts us in a space that says, well, now that people are coming out and talking about it, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, there aren't enough resources in communities. There aren't enough access to resources in communities. And so as a society, it's something that we really need to start to look at and say, what are we going to do now that we're prompting people to be more open and honest about their experiences. How are we going to meet them where they are? Yeah. You know. All right. I got a question for you. What's up? So let's say we, we fast forward in the future. It's 2020. And let's that, say, that let's okay. say, you know, President Kamala Harris, you know, I'm just picking a yeah. name. <laughs> hey, bae. President Kamala Harris uh, wants to tap into somebody. Uh, they say, hey, hey, uh, we want you to be our our uh, Secretary of Health and Social Care, <laughs> give me give me some ideas on things you know pinpoints or, or bullet points of what you as somebody in the field that you think that that could help um, with how to take care of healthcare that, that responds to whether mental health or other types of health yeah. um, and suggestions that you see that are kind of flawed, especially the fact that you know you're you're involved in in, in, in the military as well. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that if if President Harris you know <laughs> <laughs> comes to you and That's she's like, yo, give me some ideas. What are some of the things that you can think um, would help? Um, I, I think it starts with education. No pressure. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks. You know, like I'm running for 2020. She listening uh, to it. Hey, hey, come. Hey, I think it, I think it starts with education. Um, I think we, as a as adults, we focus a lot on adult mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being able to start with our children and checking in on their mental health and just educating people about how to be mentally healthy and not necessarily focusing on just mental illness. Because I think we we do a lot of focusing on like the diagnosable mental illness as opposed to mental health being a state of well being. Right. right. So so that's the that's the distinction is, is Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So there, there there's two. So mental illness is something that is an experience that you're that you're having that impacts your ability to function in different areas of life, whether it's social functioning occupational, relational functioning, um, physical functioning, it impacts that in a negative way. So that's mental illness. And then we have mental wellness, which is something totally different that everyone should focus on. It's a state of well-being, just like physical wellness, just like spiritual wellness. Um, There is no wellness without mental wellness, right? Mm, And so being able to show the population at large, even those who may not be managing depression or anxiety, but just kind of regular stuff, like this is how you manage your state of mental well-being. And that's for everybody, you know. And so I think there has to be a huge shift around that. Um, That would be kind of the first place that I think we would start 
um, and educate people around the differences in that and how to start managing it from from childhood throughout the rest of life. Okay. So I'm thinking, like, when you're talking about that, it's like I, I'm imagining, you know, there was an article that I read a while ago where, where they were saying that there's these schools mm-hmm. that replaced detention with meditation. Yeah, yeah. I and read the, about that. And the results are, like, really pretty phenomenal. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. And, and a part of me is thinking that, you know, I don't know if that exactly falls under that umbrella, but the idea of being like, you know, meditation aspect is something about being reflective right. with stuff, you know? Yeah. So as opposed to saying, hey, you know, sit in a corner or be right here. Why don't you think about what's, you know, how yeah. you feeling? How about, why don't you think yeah. about your breathing or think about, you know, uh, right. uh, what makes you happy or, or why you feel frustrated, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's weird, though, because I don't I don't know if, if, if this country would, would be into that. I mean, you look at what happened with, you know, when Michelle was, was, was with, <laughs> with with Barack, and mm. she established this whole idea to say, "Hey, kids, let's eat some healthy foods." Yeah. And, she, and she planted a garden in the White House. And as soon as the Trump administration came in, they pulled the that garden shit up. Is gone. Yeah, it was like that nigga's like, hey, "I fucking hate carrots." <laughs> <laughs> Y'all call me a carrot? Fuck no you! No more cucumbers. Taking this shit out, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, like, where is and and I guess all right. So what's the difference? You, it, you don't prescribe medications. Who who prescribes? No, so that would be a psychiatrist. Okay, psychiatrist, psychologist. Mm-hmm. Which and this is why I specifically asked this because yeah. there is a level of you know America kind of medicating them their ways out of certain issues. Yeah, you, you know what yeah. I'm saying. And 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 even me having a special needs sister, there would be levels of me seeing stuff where there'll be doctors be like, oh, okay, well, here's an issue. She special needs. Well, we're being kind of prompted by a big pharma yeah. to push a to push a medicine, right? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and 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 that's kind of an issue that's kind of with it as well. Like by you, I guess specifically being involved with with dealing with with people in the military. Have right. you seen Have you seen kind of that aspect of it where where there's a level of big pharma coming in as opposed to the what you say kind of like the ground and pound let's talk this For out sure. and make it kind of a longer process it might be a longer process to talk and to kind of get a breakthrough but it's not as quick as like oh you know pop a pill yeah definitely definitely i think i, I think it depends on where you start right so if you go to me and you say like as a psychologist and you say hey i'm dealing with anxiety mm-hmm. um i'm gonna take it from a different viewpoint of treatment right so i'm gonna talk about meditation mm-hmm. and relaxation and and what your body does physically and how to decrease those physical reactions to anxiety um, but if you go to say your primary care doctor mm-hmm. they may not talk to you in that same way because that's not their field right so their field is medicine um, and so that's what they're specialized in. Um, and so oftentimes they that will be kind of their first mode of treatment. Well, let's try this medicine first. Let's try this medication. Same with psychiatrists. Like, that's their field of study. Okay, so I'm asking, so that's what I'm wondering. It's like, yeah. so... so and that pers- that perspective, they're like, let's try medicine first before yep. before we can figure out a way to deal with this without medicine. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Which which in some cases, you know, there are some some cases where medication is the best line of treatment. Mm-hmm. Like that is the first line of treatment um, for things that are like psychotic disorders. Like oftentimes that is the the first line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being able to say, I think that treatment is best um, when medication is needed with both medication and psychotherapy. So, like, talk therapy 
or behavioral therapy. Um, both of those things together often will yield the best outcome because medication is medication and it changes you physically. Mm-hmm. But as we're walking through this whole world, we got to figure out how to cope and manage and and relate to other people. And so that's the part where I come in with talking about, well, how do you deal with this stuff? Um, yes, take your medication as prescribed. And let's talk about how we can implement some deep breathing. You yeah. know, so it's 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 both and. I don't think it's either or. The numb your home direct cure <laughs> shit. You know what I'm talking about? I've got what love got to do with You've it. Been Tina Turner it. going in. Hey, hey Angela Bassett. Um, so when we talk about the 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 de stigma the de stigmas of of uh, mental health care, especially in the black community, it also seems that what's going on right now in the United States specifically is this becoming this uh, de stigma on marijuana use. Yeah and, yeah, and and you know you turn everywhere. They're like, hey, we got CBD oil, which right? is which is like it's like taking over, like diet weed, you know, for the <laughs> most part. But but I I, I ask them from the perspective of in the in the medical field or the professional field, as far as when we're talking about um, you know mental health, was that something that while you were going to school was something that was stigmatized? That was like this. These are things that are bad. That's starting to lighten up. Um, in the profession lately? I mean, I think it's, it's stigmatized just because of, like, United States, right? You know, <laughs> where mm-hmm. we live. And so, so marijuana is stigmatized throughout the country in many different areas, especially here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, but I, I talk about marijuana use from not necessarily the, oh, this is good or this is bad, but more of, you know, knowing what the consequences are. So talking about it from like marijuana is classified as a depressant. And if you come in and we're talking about how to manage your depression mm-hmm. and you are um, engaging in a depressant every day, two, three times a day, then how is that working against what we're trying to do? Well, right? so on the same length, if you were to recommend, <laughs> or you to recommend somebody, maybe you should, you know, Puff a blunt. Would that be considered malpractice? Most certainly. Really? Even okay. So um, so so if it brings it brings it even deeper. What if it's in you know like Colorado, a state that where it's right. legal? If you it's if different. would that be considered definitely so, different? So does it so it differs based on the legality? Th- I mean, I think like for for me, right, because of where I work, mm-hmm. right, um, it definitely falls in under malpractice, right, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, Oftentimes, when I think about myself just as a psychologist outside of, like, the the agencies in which I work, um, I talk about any type of substance under the guise of will it move you forward or get you closer to your goals or does it move you further away? You know what I'm saying? So with substances in general, I think oftentimes they can be a blanket in the well-being, like at, at in the short time term. Mm. So if I am worried about, you know, managing anxiety or worrying about managing depression and I'm using marijuana um, or any other substance, alcohol, I talk about it in the same way, right? Excessive alcohol use. I talk about excessive caffeine use. So like all of these substances, I talk about them in the same way of saying, if this is something that you're using to cope Mm-hmm. then how can we learn other coping strategies? Because oftentimes substances don't help with recovery. They help with coping in the moment, right? So if I'm anxious and I smoke and I ain't anxious no more, then I'll have to deal with what this anxiety felt like and where it came from and how to actually manage it. It's just not there anymore. 
because I smoked. And so I talk a lot about, well, what does that look like for recovery? Mm. What does that look like for growth and health? And that's the same speech with marijuana, caffeine, sugar, um, shopping, <laughs> like all of those things that can be a way for coping that isn't necessarily healthy and not health, not unhealthy because it's bad, but unhealthy because it doesn't lead us to recovery. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I, I think I think that caveat that's very interesting that like it, when you think about it, it's like the idea of someone recommending something that is weed related might differ depending on you know the legal stance oh, and yeah. where they live. Most you know certainly. what I mean? Which I think I think is interesting. I think it's I think it's kind of hilarious in a certain way. And um, you know, because it's probably gonna be people that's gonna be recommending CBD oil. You know, yeah. where, whereas yeah. a few years ago, you know, that might have been out of the question. You know right. what I mean? So. So all right, all right, I think I think that's a uh, that's interesting. How do you feel about like all the hippie shit, like you know the stones and crystals and <laughs> <laughs> not choppers? Like, you know how do I, mean? I feel about it personally or yeah. no professionally? I mean, if somebody comes to you and say, you know what, you know what, um, not today. I just want just to have an amethyst rock <laughs> in a pouch, <laughs> not a pouch, <laughs> in a pouch around the neck. Like, where, you know, like where, where does that fall on the spectrum? I mean, I think I think um, belief systems. And and spirituality um, play a big role. You put that under uh, hippieism, <laughs> under religion. You said, so you call it hippieism. <laughs> That's yeah. your term. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think like just belief systems in general, regardless of what it is, can be beneficial. You know, it's important to have a belief system, especially when we think about just like like things that help support us in areas where we feel supported and connected to the world around us. Mm. And so if crystals is your belief and kind of what you help what helps connect you to the world around you and it's it's helping, then then we roll with it. <laughs> we talk about your crystals. We talk about, you know, if you've been using them lately, has that been helpful, you know? And so that's kind of my idea around it. You know, if it if it's connecting you to the world, we talk about what that looks like. All right. What are the um what are the the best, I think, uh, the great things about your line of work and what are the biggest struggles with your line of work? Um, the best things. I think the one of the best things about my line of work and one of the things that I am most honored by is that people allow me to be a part of their lives. Like, it's crazy. Like, some of my clients will come in and, like, they'll have, like, their grandkids or, like, they'll, like, bring, like, family members or partners or, like, things that are very, very sentimental to them. And they want to connect those things with me. They want me to be a part of that. And I think that's that's a privilege. Like, that's an honor um, to be allowed into people's spaces in that way. Um, that's one of the things that, that I think is, like, really cool about what I do every day. Um, one of the things that's really difficult is not carrying the weight of other people's experiences, you know, um, being able to, in a way, just kind of put those things down and not take them with me. And some days it's easier said than others. You know, sometimes I do think about, um, my patients and their experiences after I go home, um, Sometimes I ponder on it and I, I get concerned about what they might be experiencing. But most days, um, it's it's a little easier for me to, to kind of take that off and leave it in the office. Um, that's one of the hardest parts, not being able to, like, sometimes soaking up that energy and not being able to leave it 
where yeah. it is. It's yeah. kind of hard to turn that shit off at 5 right. o'clock. Like, all right. right, I don't give a fuck about you until exactly. 9 o'clock Exactly, oh, right. Because <laughs> I don't think, you know, I think um, being a psychologist is what we call it in this society, but I consider myself a healer, right? And so, like, being able to turn that off when I think it's a part of me, sometimes that's really hard. She's a healer. Who's a, a hippie healer. now? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she got, like, Got my crystals yeah, sitting here. They don't tell shit, y'all nigga. I got this stuff. She got them burning candles, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Green candle for money. <laughs> Just sprinkle like some that, frankincense like oil in it. Like that Indian fragrance. There. Remember we, those little sprays that used to be like, if you spray this in the corner, you'll have like a pile of money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, my family still do that shit. Like put money outside. New Year's Eve, bring it in New oh, Year's yeah. Day. You can bring money in all, Let me tell all you, year. I'm from Louisiana. Let's we do see. all types of stuff. What's the other thing? You can't wash your clothes on New Year's Day because right. you're washing out your family. Right. All year. Like, <laughs> um, black eyed peas and right and collars. Collars. We we do cabbage. Cabbage. Yeah. Really? Black eyed peas and cabbage. All right. Okay. Mm. All right. Backwards. Yeah, y'all weird. <laughs> we do, we do red beans and rice, <laughs> but all the time. Jambalaya. Oh, shit. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Um, I don't know. Am, am I able to bring up the podcast? Yeah. All right. So tell us about done. what you're working on. So, um, yeah, so me and two of my other psychologist friends, I'm surrounded by psychologists mm-hmm. at any given time. Two is, of my, is, is they black? Is, yes, two they of my black, black young, black. Ah. eligible, I'm not going to put them out there like that, but two of my black young female. <laughs> to <my> <laughs> <laughs> so anyone interested, please, uh, you know, hit the DMs <laughs> up. No eggplant pictures, please. None, please. Um yeah, so we're starting a podcast called Three Psychs and a Mic, mm-hmm. um, and it is a really cool idea that we kind of came up with um, because we would just go out to like brunch or like sit at each other's houses and have like these really cool, kind of deep but kind of not right. We'd be talking about pop culture and like everything that's happening in the world um, conversations, and it would always kind of bring in components of mental health and mental wellness. And so we were like, why are there no conversations like this happening um, to our knowledge, like in our communities where people can have access to it, right? So you don't have to have insurance to listen to the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, but like, so we decided to start up just kind of a podcast where people can hear some of our ramblings, but also some of the knowledge that we have. Um, we've had the privilege of being trained in this. And so being able to give it to the larger community um, is something that's really passionate to us. So we wanted to to get it rolling. So we are in the beginning stages. We're starting to like really get everything together, themes and ideas. And so it'll be coming out here soon. So keep an eye out or keep an ear out, I guess I should say. Okay. Yeah. So soon as in this year? Yes, definitely soon as in this year. Um, yeah. So I think, well, no, this won't go out, but we'll have, um, we're going to be, if you're here in Columbia, South Carolina, um, we will be at the Women's Empowerment um, Conference here in September. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this comes out before then, you'll be able to well, come in. It's going to be out, be out, be out tomorrow. Soon. This oh, is the podcast oh. will be out. Shit, probably today. Okay, press. <laughs> so, so, so where's the um, Women's Empowerment thingy going to be? So it's going to be at the Convention Center. So it'll be here at Columbia Convention Center. Um, and I think it starts at 9 and goes until 2 or something like that. Don't quote me on that. You can Google it. It's already on Eventbrite. Um, so you can always already register. Um, but we'll be like one of the panel, well, some of the panelists there. Um, so we'll be kind of representing psychology and mental health, talking about all things mental health in the black community. So 
So if you are there, if you're here, um, definitely come out and support us. Word. All right. So um, I guess I talked to your ass long enough. So if somebody if somebody <laughs> wanted to follow or stalk, not stalk, but somebody wanted stalk. to follow you on your social media yeah. settings and that good stuff, uh, tell them where to find you. Yeah. So you can find me. Um, I have a, a business podcast, Everyday Psychology LLC. And it's all one word, so you would spell out everyday psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, Put the LLC at the end, um, and that's kind of my business spot where I um, put up a lot of postings, and like if you ever want to know what I'm doing in the area. Or you can find me on Shari Nicole with a K on Instagram. So those are both Instagram. um, And you'll be able to find Three Psychs and a Mic on Facebook as well. All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you guys can find me on all my social media handles at Preach Jacobs on Instagram, on Twitter, yeah. all that good stuff. Uh, also, Mo Better Soul. And speaking of Mo Better Soul, we're sponsored by Mo Better Soul. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter in the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. Also, we have a new uh, law sessions coming up yeah. this Saturday, July the 6th in the Columbia, South Carolina area. If you're going to be at 701 Whaley, it's going to be really, really fly. We've got my homeboy DJ, that guy Smitty, coming in from Charlotte, North Carolina, and visual artist Mike Krajewski with some dope shit on the wall. Please come, have a have a good time, get some free food, get some uh, free liquor. Um, hit, hit me up, hit me up, because it's been a long fucking week, as y'all were here at the beginning of the podcast uh, before this interview, where I give you guys a rundown <laughs> on why nigga ain't been here in three weeks. Weeks. And we're also sponsored by Tussie. Tussie, Tussie. Ooh. Tussie. <laughs> yeah, man. You held that long. Huh? You held that note. Oh, man. I could have held it longer. Your but, you vocals. Know, I've been drinking. But um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh, I love and appreciate all the two listeners. Maybe hopefully it's going to be three after this interview. This is the Nico Lee <laughs> Podcast. You're. I'll be touching you to you, baby.